He's amused Cam Newton. Just ask that <laughs> He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, would you have scheduled this game? He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go Tarion. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. I see he's just completely taking the wind out of my sails. <laughs> it's time for the drive with Josh Graham. You are on a Friday drive. We're up front. I'm going to ask for your forgiveness now. My East Carolina Pirates are up three currently in the seventh inning. It's game one of their Super Regional against Texas. So I'm a little stressed and quite a bit distracted. But in an attempt to steer my attention away from the TV screen that's sitting six feet away from my face, let's actually go somewhere else. Let's talk a little hoop. Tonight is game four of the NBA Finals, and it feels like a must-win situation for the Warriors. You can't fall behind 3-1. And given the specific circumstances of this series, tonight's result will likely hinge on the performance of one guy, Steph Curry. Because, let's face it, if that left foot hampers him in any way, Golden State doesn't have a shot. And you know... Ima Adoka in Boston, they're going to test how healthy that foot is. They're going to hunt him defensively. They did it quite a bit last game before we knew Steph was hurt. You don't think they're going to do that again? I wouldn't be surprised if every other possession they're going at Steph Curry, trying to find him while the Warriors try to hide him, I'm sure. I expect when the Warriors have the ball, Smart and Tatum, who have extra pounds on staff, some height on staff, I think they're going to be extra physical on him. And you should. That's not in bad spirit or bad sportsmanship. You want to test if somebody is ready to go. At this stage of the game, that is fair play. Here's the key stat, though, that you need to keep an eye on for staff. It's not just the three-point shooting. We get lost in that a little bit. You look at Steph's two best scoring games of the series, they were both losses for the Warriors, including tying his playoff high in scoring with 34 points. So don't get lost in merely how many points Steph scores. I think he's going to get his. This is the key. He needs to get downhill with drives to the basket and get to the free throw line. This is the key stat I wanted to share with you. When Steph, sh- when Steph attempts more than five free throws in this postseason, Golden State's 8-1 and one in those games. Steph's only attempted six free throws combined in the two losses in the NBA Finals. So I'll say that again. When Steph attempts more than five free throws, the Warriors are 8-1 and one this postseason. Now why is that? I don't think it should surprise you that in the games he gets to the line more than five times, he averages at least four uh, four assists. Every single one of those games, all nine of them, he has four assists in those. And the reason that is, when you drive towards the basket, the defense has to collapse on you. You're able to kick it out and you find open shooters. You get other guys involved. And that makes things a whole lot more difficult on a very good Boston Celtics defense than if you're chucking for the entire game. Tonight will come down to Steph Curry, and I don't think he's going to muster it. It's the same injury on the same foot he sustained 
in March, just a little less severe. But remember, that injury he sustained in mid-March kept him out for a month. So even if it's just a little bit less severe and he's toughing it out because it's the finals, that should make you really concerned about the type of Steph you think you're going to get in this game. Listen to Steph yesterday talking about the pain he'll be dealing with. Like I said, I've been – it's almost the identical type play. This one just wasn't as bad as that one. Um, and as soon as you start to take a couple steps, you kind of know whether you can run normal, cut normal or not. Back then I couldn't. Yesterday I could. So that gave me a little bit of confidence knowing it wasn't as bad. But see how it feels tomorrow. I know I'm going to play, but just see how it responds to that type of impact. I don't feel comfortable doubting Steph. I don't feel comfortable betting against him. I picked the Warriors to win in six. I think they win all three of their home games, and they stole game one already. That's all you need to do. So I like Boston to win tonight, but this is a perfect position for Steph to have a classic Steph game. And if he does, it might be his greatest playoff performance. But this team down 2-1, it could be his equivalent to a Michael Jordan flu-like game carrying his team while not playing 100%. Will Dalton is the producer of the show, the executive producer. Are you keeping as close of an eye on Texas, East Carolina as I am? Probably not as close. I'm, we're, we're wa- we were watching it together out there uh-huh. uh, in, the, in the lobby area, but y- you're the one that's got investment in this thing. 336-777-1600. If I'm invested, you're invested. Your name isn't on the show, but you're the producer of a show with my name on it, so... You're my radio wife. We're in this together. How thoughtful. In addition to nervously watching ECU baseball today, I've been intermittently refreshing my email all day. I'll tell you why in about five minutes. Darren Gant will join us at 3.30 to talk Carolina Panthers football, Hall of Fame voter from Panthers.com. But this afternoon has been a fever dream in a part of the world that means a lot to me, Greenville, America. But as the Pirates look to close out the Longhorns in Game 1, i got a few things to say about the University of Texas. Let's ramp this thing up real quick. Yeah! As I'm saying this, Texas has two runners on base, the tying run at the plate in an 8-5 game. But I hate the University of Texas! Horns down! Their best player is nicknamed the Hispanic Titanic. That sounds cool, but the Titanic sinks! And so are the Texas Longhorns this weekend! Burnt orange is an ugly color! Empirically, objectively, Mac Brown even admitted it! He told me that was the point. Nobody else wears it, so wear it to our games. Every time someone sees the color, they'll think of you. And that might be true. From a marketing perspective, that makes sense. But no one else wears that color because it's hideous. And I'm looking at their helmets. They got a black T on their helmet. That's ugly, too. When I see an orange helmet with a black T on it, I don't think Texas. I think Tennessee. Tennessee. Go Vols! Rocky Top! They're a mediocre football school. When's the last time Texas did anything of note? Tom Herman did nothing. Charlie Strong did nothing. It was Mac Brown winning a national championship over 15 years ago. 
And even though that might have been the greatest college football game ever, that USC team was better than the University of Texas. Give me Liner. Give me Reggie Bush. Give me Lindale White. Give me Pete Carroll. Give me that USC team. Horns down! <laughs> That's enough for now. Is today the day we finally get ACC headquarters news? I think I think you can make a case. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. <laughs> this guy just hit one to the wall. <laughs> it one-hopped the wall. One runs in. Oh, no. I just said all that stuff about Texas, and now it's 8-6. Ground rule double. We're going to be distracted for the first hour of the show. I, I, oh, I guess it's going to be pure entertainment. I, I apologize. See, you thought it wasn't going to be good for the show. I think it's going to be pure entertainment I, to watch these reactions mm-hmm. in real time. See, I used to sweat a lot in the studio, but after losing a ton of weight ahead of my wedding, which is eight days from now, I don't sweat nearly as much. I'm sweating to death. Yeah, you might start again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perspiration. Places, everyone. Come on, places, please. We're ready. Get your morning off to a great start with Jeffrey Griffin on Triad Today. Weekday mornings at 7. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. East Carolina tacked on another one. DJ Coward voice. Another one. 10 to 7, bottom eight, Super Regional in Greenville, America. Tar Heels play tomorrow, 11 a.m. against Arkansas. Virginia Tech's underway today. You got a few other ACC games. Louisville's in College Station tonight. I'm locked in for 6 o'clock. Tennessee, Notre Dame, that's going to be a lot of fun. Right now joining us is Darren Gantho, Hall of Fame voter from Panthers.com. He's locked into OTAs because, boy, is there anything more intriguing than OTA stories. Be frank with me, Darren. How much do you hate writing OTA stories? You Well, look at it this way. You can't spell summer vacation without OTA, so I think it's an <laughs> integral part uh, of your lifestyle. You've really got to embrace it. I mean, it's, you know, here's the thing. It's June, and we've tried to tell some stories lately that, you know, that you can tell in June. You can't know a lot about offensive line play uh, in this time of year when nobody's in pads, but you can tell the Carolina Panthers have more offensive linemen. But today, you know, I sort of told the story about Andre Roberts, the Pro Bowl returner they brought in this offseason right after the draft, and it's like you needed a returner. You go out and get a guy like Andre Roberts. You see him running around in shorts, and it's like, that guy's fast. I can tell that source, my two eyes, that kind of stuff you can know this time of year. But, hey, it's June. It's uh, almost like football, but not exactly. The press conferences are a lot of fun. It's like a song and dance where Ben McAdoo gets asked about his evaluation of players. He's like, guys, they're wearing shorts. Sam Uh, Darnold, oh, he had the best day we've seen. And then I see it aggregated on ESPN and all these places that Sam Darnold had a great day in shorts in June. But, hey, the content machine, we got to keep it churning. I am interested in this, though, Now, I will say, in fairness to Sam, looking good in OTAs is better than the alternative, which is looking bad in OTAs. (laughs) 
And I have seen players look bad in OTAs, and Sam has been. And again, don't read too much into this. This is not any Uh-oh. kind of referendum on the future, but Sam has been better. And Sam spent the offseason here, and he embedded himself with Ben McAdoo and, you know, really dug into doing what he can do to be the guy. Now, will he be the guy? Don't know. A lot of time to pass between now and the start of the regular season. But to his credit, Sam has looked better now. Uh, I think you probably saw the clip we had on Panthers.com on our social channels of the deep ball to Terrace Marshall the other day, and it's like, whoa, look at Sam. So it, it doesn't mean everything, but it also doesn't mean nothing either. Let's talk about a quarterback that's not in Charlotte right now. It doesn't seem like the door has closed on a Baker Mayfield trade. Cleveland, that's a mess. You look at the situation there. Deshaun Watson, the circus has arrived in Cleveland where – you are excusing Baker because you showed your cards in a way that Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco have not when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. seems like those organizations are run just a little bit differently, San Francisco and Cleveland. But if a trade were to happen, hypothetically, Darren Gant, what would that trade have to look like for the Panthers to even entertain it? Um, I think it would have to be not giving up a ton of value because, to be honest, and you referenced Jimmy Garoppolo, as long as there are two starting caliber playoff level quarterbacks, and and I think it's reasonable to say that Jimmy Garoppolo and and Baker Mayfield are those kind of guys. They they have quarterback playoff teams. They can be that kind of guy on a good team. As long as there are two of them, neither of their teams has any – has any leverage. I mean, anybody who's in the market for a veteran quarterback, if they're interested in Baker Mayfield and Cleveland don't want to do a deal, you just say, all right, fine, we'll we'll call San Fran. Maybe we'll flip them a seventh the day before they cut Jimmy Garoppolo, which they need to do because uh, of salary more than anything else. It hasn't turned personal there the way it has in Cleveland. But, um, you know, I think as long as both those guys exist in the market, Cleveland doesn't have a terrible amount of leverage to say, you must give us X, Y, Z. They're not going to get a Sam Darnold-level return for Baker Mayfield. Do they have to I, tag I, picks on top of them? Is it a Brock Weiss, uh, Osweiler situation? Is it almost I, that? Depends, and I think it's been widely reported that, you know, they had discussions with the Panthers about Baker that involved – you know, who pays what amount of it. And that's a thing. I mean, you they've got Sam Darnold on the books at guaranteed $19 million. They can't really stack another guaranteed 19 and Baker on there uh, in good conscience or responsible bookkeeping. So I think you would need, you know, if you were going to take on the whole amount, you would want something on the backside of it. If you were going to take a, a smaller amount of the financial burden, you might give something up, but probably not a lot. Because like I said, I mean, if you want to get in the market and you want to add another quarterback, if it's not Mayfield, it could probably be Garoppolo as well, and and you just keep on moving. I'm just throwing it out there in case anybody, not this radio host, but in case anybody's interested in knowing, the Pirates just had a two-run double. You know, right? Just, that's right. Boom. We're going to use that as a drop. Darren Gant doesn't even know it. When App State plays ECU, Arg. We'll have that. Well, that's only only if ECU scores or something, I guess. We, we can't you know, count on, can we? Man, that's a good point. But they're scoring a lot right now. 12 to 7 is the score, bottom 8. Okay, the, I, I make fun of some of the media availabilities and stuff that we have and the things that we heard this week at OTAs. But 
I think it might have been the most heartfelt, maybe earnest answer that we heard from Matt Rule as head coach of the Panthers when he was asked how he deals with the pressure and how, what it's taught him about himself. And he said he's not wavering off what he planned to do years ago and says it's a really difficult deal for him to step into replacing a coach that's as beloved as Ron Rivera is. And I'm glad he brought that up because I feel that I've been defending Matt Rule a little bit the last few years because he was billed as a builder. And then he had a global pandemic hit a few months into him taking the job, and it was an impossible situation for him to step into. And I hear people saying, well, he's a lame duck coach this year, lame duck head coach. And I'm thinking... There's nothing I've seen from him that makes me think this is Urban Meyer. That makes me think this is a coach that can't get it done. And many of the same people that said that, oh, yeah, we know after two years with Matt Rule, probably many of the same people that said after two years and only six wins with Zach Taylor, that probably wasn't going to work out in Cincinnati, and that team went to the Super Bowl a year later. So I guess the larger question is, how much do you think some of the disdain or some of the heat on Matt Rule has to do with team performance versus... Cam Newton not being on the roster and him not being named Ron Rivera. You know, all all of the above is the answer. I, I think when you combine all those things, I mean, uh, realistically, coming off Ron Rivera, I mean, normally when a coach comes in and talks about changing cultures and stuff, it's when you walk into a situation like Cincinnati or Jacksonville where things have been perpetually broken for a long time. And it wasn't necessarily that way here. I think some people might have believed that. But, you know, Ron Rivera was a successful coach for a long time, and people liked him. And, oh, by the way, when people wanted to be mad at Ron, there was Ron at a Hornets game sitting courtside or out petting a dog somewhere. And and Matt didn't have the opportunity to do those things. Yes, they've lost a bunch of games. Um, yes, all those things you said are true. You know, Matt also walked in during the middle of a pandemic. I, I would say, and, and nobody knows, let's be honest, nobody knows how this thing's going to turn out for the Carolina Panthers or Matt Rule. A lot of it depends on whether they make a deal for a quarterback or if or when or, you know, time frames we cannot know right now in June. But what I, what I know for sure is that Matt is doing business differently this offseason there is as you alluded to that answer in the press conference the other day a recognition that he missed the personal element of this thing the being able to go down to the locker room and you know break bread with guys and sit at a table with four or five key leaders at the same time because during the pandemic you weren't able to gather that way and and matt has recognized the need to reach out to guys in the locker room and to have that kind of relationship in the locker room. He recognized the need for more experience on his coaching staff and goes out and, boom, gets a Chris Tabor and a, and a Ben McAdoo and a James Campen and a Steve Wilkes and a Paul Pasqualoni to add to his staff. And all of a sudden, he's doubled the amount of NFL experience on his coaching staff. You know, they knew they needed to fix an offensive line. You go out and sign Corbett and Bozeman and draft Iki Aquanu. All of a sudden, that's better. So I, I would – you know, this is not me saying I'm convinced that everything's going to turn around. This can be a playoff team this year because I don't know that because I don't know how this roster is going to be built yet. But I will say that they have taken clear steps to fix a lot of the things that were problems the last couple of years. And they're closer to it. I mean, honestly, if you look at this roster right now, you know, we're going to talk about quarterbacks all the time until that thing gets fixed. But other than the quarterback situation, there's 
things to like about this Carolina Panthers roster. Again, that offensive line, I, I don't know that I want to call it a strength right now, but after being an abject weakness for the last couple of years, it's not that anymore. The staff is better. They added some veteran starters on defense to go with some of these kids that have a lot of promise. So, you know, there are reasons to be positive other than that one thing that everybody's still a little uncertain about. Yeah, that's well said. Darren Gant, we need to talk music next time we visit. And we do. The McCartney show you is missed, great. Yeah. You, you missed a good Robert Earl Keane show in Charlotte. Saw other that. Night. Other than standing on my feet for four hours, that was a great evening of entertainment. Uh huh. I've never been to a wedding with a band, but my wedding a week from tomorrow is going to have a band. So that's going to be exciting. There you go. Mazel tov. Congratulations, my friend. Darren Gant. Enjoy that. You're the best in the business. I hope we didn't catch you uh, walking out of the liquor store. Appreciate you spending the time. No, I've already transitioned to the porch. Thank you very much. (laughs) So we've taken care of that portion of the program. That's how a Hall of Famer does it, or a Hall of Fame voter at least. Darren Gant. Appreciate the time. Yeah, man. See y'all. Here goes Darren Gant joining us here. Now back to the drive with Josh Graham. Before we do weekly positivity, I'm going to say something I'm sure is an unpopular opinion, but it is something that I believe. Sports are better and also more fun because of guys like Draymond Green. And I say that even though I don't think there are other people out there quite like Draymond Green. But what I do mean is he's a character. And in entertainment, whether you're talking about movies, TV shows, sports, we love characters. And he has a unique but still sincere personality that tracks with who he's been since he was losing in the 2009 National Championship to North Carolina in Detroit. He's going to be the next Charles Barkley. Already has a deal with Turner. Chuck, he keeps saying he's going to go for another two years and not going to re-sign on his contract. We'll see if that holds up. But you can already see it. Draymond Green, going to play for a few more years, going to retire, go into the booth, sit across from Shaq. And that show's going to keep on humming. He's very good at the opinionated, being opinionated behind the microphone thing. TV, podcasts, even during the season, press conferences. And he's a perfect villain on the court. We love villains. Just admit it. Wrestling, I think, mastered this. The idea of a heel and you look at the 90s and NWO and (laughs) you go to movies. See, Will, the WD, huge Star Wars fan. Uh, The most popular Star Wars character isn't Skywalker or Obi-Wan. It's Darth Vader. Yeah. He's a villain. He is Star Wars. And we love villains. We love it. We do. And Draymond, he gets this. There aren't as many in sports today because guys like to be liked more. He enjoys being hated. He enjoys it when the crowd is chanting profanities at him. Listen to the way he talked about it on his podcast, poking right back at the Boston fans that were just uh, chanting, bleep you, Draymond. You know, your chant is supposed to be like, you know, like if if I had a one-syllable name, like, then it would work. Steph, Clay, 
even if even if it was like Wiggs, Steve, it would work. But Draymond actually doesn't work. Shout out to my my mom for for the name. It's beneficial for me in this case. That's great. It, it actually don't work. It doesn't. What a great he taped that the night that he lost in the finals. This is one of my favorite things about Draymond. And I think you're going to start to see this more and more, you know, with athletes. They literally get home from a game and go straight to do a podcast app. But I don't think we're going to see it as often because guys, they're not, not as many are wired that way. No, they're, I know they're not. Lot, I know a lot of athletes that transition from sports to being a media person and then they do one radio show and they're like, wait, yeah. I, I got to do three more hours tomorrow? Yeah, but that, that ain't for me. And I got to do three more hours the day after that? Yeah, this is work. And the day after that? Like... That's the thing that happens with podcast channels all the time, where it's like, hey, this great athlete started a podcast. Oh, you got to have a great show every week. Oh, but I'm out of people I want to talk to and things I want to talk about. Well, you got to keep churning out the content. And this happens as his family is putting out on social media that they didn't like the chance at Draymond. It would have been so easy for him to make himself a victim. People love making themselves a victim today. It would have been so easy I'm a black man in America, in Boston. Oh, man, they're right on, oh, right on cue what they're going to do. And, oh, man, it was terrible. My kids were there the entire deal. He goes, no, I want my kid to hear it. My kid says he wants to be a coach one day. Now he gets to see how Draymond handles this in this spot. You know, I'm fine with it. I'm an athlete. I get paid. I make millions of dollars. What are you talking about? Great perspective. And... I expect a strong game from him tonight. I still think Boston's going to win, but he was so bad in game three, and it's a must-win game. I, I think he's going to play like a crazy person tonight. Wouldn't it even surprise me if he gets thrown out finally because he's really teetered close to that line a handful of times. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio. You see this pirate score? I East don't. East Carolina Pirates, top nine. Two more outs to get. Page here. Oh, oh yeah. Thirteen seven. I see that. Greenville, popping. I didn't pack a bag. You didn't. Actually, we can get into this in weekly positivity. Ernest Hemingway once said, The world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. Two away for the Pirates in the ninth. One more out to get to be one win away from their first ever College World Series. I don't know if this is Good. Are but you are you gonna freak out in this voice when they get these outs? Probably. Okay, because you have to do that for the effect. Thank you. You're welcome. Producing on the fly. And when I say I don't know if this is good, I'm not talking about ECU winning. That obviously is very good. But I made the decision this morning when getting a text from Sarah Bradford that gas prices elsewhere were around $4.70 that I wasn't going to drive to Greenville and back the week before my wedding the weekend before my wedding 
I'm going to prioritize physical and mental health. <sighs> Save some money on tickets that are crazy expensive. Stay away from the circus. And not do a six-hour round trip this weekend. Am I making the right decision? I didn't pack a bag. But the pirates are one win away. I don't know. I think you might have made a mistake. <laughs> but Will, if it... If they don't win tomorrow, then I have to buy tickets again for Sunday, and then that's a long day, and I got work on Monday, and I hear that the week of your wedding is exhausting and tiring, and I think I probably should prioritize that and prioritize the rest, shouldn't I? It sounds like you've got quite the conundrum on your hands. <laughs> what should I do? 336 I would still go. I'm not asking you. I'm oh. asking the audience. Well, what am I here for? To tell me what's good. That's what you're here for. i tell you what's good. What's good? My Tar Heels, they're going to have a Super Regional too. Are you going? No. Then I don't want to hear anything about how, oh my gosh, you're making a mistake for not going to Greenville when you're only 40 minutes away from Chapel Hill and could go yourself. Three, three, six, seven, seven, seven. <laughs> Keep it together. I tell you why I'm not going to Chapel Hill this weekend. Why? Because I've gotten up at five o'clock in the morning every day. This I thought you said six. I get here around, well, I've been getting here around 6.30 these last couple of days, but potato, potato. That I'm, is early. I'm tired. I bet. You don't look it. I, I, well, I'm not tired this moment, but I'm ready to not do anything for a couple of days. That's how I feel getting ready for the wedding. Yeah. And I feel like I need to prioritize that. Also, how bad would it be if they don't finish this thing off? I know this is weekly positivity, but ECU was in this position five or six years ago, and it didn't end good. No, you were telling me about that. Yeah, how was the... Texas Tech, Super Regional, and they were an out away, and it really hurt my feelings. Also, are we sure this game's over yet? It's 13-7, but they got two runners on. I think they're good. I needed to take a moment and relax. We have Angela in High Point who would like to tell you something good. I would appreciate that, Angela. Angela, I need you to come through right now. Hey, Angela. Angela? Hey. Hi. You just need to rest before your wedding. It's a great decision. Okay. Well, what's the rationale there? Because it is stressful, and then you want to enjoy every moment after it begins. See, I'm glad I got a woman's opinion on this. I needed it, Angela. Yes. And, and you depended on Sarah Bradford correctly. Thank you. Are you having a great week? Oh, do you have anything going on this weekend? You having a great week, oh, Angela? I, yeah. I have the day off. My husband wow. has a birthday. It's all great. Oh, it's his birthday? Yeah. Well, happy birthday, yeah, birthday to him. Yeah. 66 years. What's He's his name? 34. What's his first name? Phil. Phil? Phil. Well, happy birthday Phil. to Phil and Angela. Phil. Oh, Bill. 
Happy birthday, Bill, with a B. And thank you for the advice, Angela. I appreciate it. I enjoy it so much. Thank you. There you go. Very nice. See, I don't think I'm making a mistake. I don't think I'm making a mistake at all. No, but I've watched you glued to that TV. I am. This whole time. They're a strike away from winning the game. Could you just imagine being there? Stop it. I'm tempting you. Fans fans are on their feet. 13-7. I can't wait to watch you go nuts in this voice. 3-2 3-2 pitch. Here it comes. Runners at second and third. To the plate. The delivery. And it's a fly ball to center field. He's under it. Bryson Worrell makes the catch. Bryson Worrell makes the catch. And East Carolina has won game one of the Super Regionals. Yeah. And that's wow. been Weekly Positivity. You're on the air. Wake up with Jeffrey Griffin and Triad today. Weekday mornings at 7. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. The Rock Hill situation with the Carolina Panthers just got uglier. As multiple outlets have now reported, York County, which Rock Hill resides is seeking a refund for the project that David Tepper pulled out of just a couple of weeks ago. Might have been last week. Time is a flat circle. I shouldn't quote Matthew McConaughey this week. It is hashtag horns down week, but I just did right there. But uh, this shouldn't surprise anybody. This lawsuit was inevitable. Things were going to get ugly because you already invested millions of dollars into a facility that is standing. Uh, You see, I mean, the guts aren't in it, but the skeleton is. You see the thing standing up, and now we're just done? We're just done here? Of course there were going to be lawsuits. That's inevitable. I'll tell you where else lawsuits are inevitable. The PGA Tour. We heard the announcement yesterday that They're going to ban all the players that are participating in the Live Golf Invitational from participating in PGA Tour events. Okay. Good luck. Good luck getting that one through the courts and justifying that without making it look like that you're monopolizing golf and monopolizing talent. Good luck with that one. We'll see how the courts rule, but that's inevitable that the courts are going to get involved in that at some point, too. A lot of stuff going on with Live Golf. I have no idea how to even talk about Live Golf and break down these tournaments that are three-day tournaments. Today, day two out of three days, and I don't know who's leading, but the stories that surround it aren't good. When you talk about the guy who wrote the book, on Phil Mickelson, one of the best golf writers there is, Alan Shipnuck, being taken out of the interview area. If he doesn't belong there, nobody really belongs there. We know why he's not being allowed there because, again, he wrote some stuff that put Phil Mickelson in a tough spot and live golf in a tough spot. Greg Norman not doing anything about that. And then, apparently, there was an AP reporter who wanted to ask something earlier this week that he was cut off 
from asking by the moderator. And he was escorted out, brought back, but apparently reprimanded for trying to get questions in, questions that they didn't like, and they cited him as being, quote, impolite. Very golf thing there. Let's get into a recap of the week, though. Every week, we we recognize that I can be long-winded. I can gas bag. That happens. I can be a bit long-winded. I can drone on a bit. So to try and prevent that from happening and recapping what happened this week in the most efficient way possible, we keep it simple. Five words or less. It's simple, man. That's all Josh gets to tell you where your favorite teams are at. It's as marvelous and as simple as that. Let's keep it simple. Okay. Before we start rattling things off, it's Friday. The Pirates just won game one of a Super Regional. Let's get a dance break. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Yes, 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 We're feeling good. We're feeling good. Today, what's the first thing you got for me? The WD. This week in golf. Oh. Just as a whole. American golf is in trouble. It is. I don't know if there are enough big names in the sport where two professional leagues can be sustained. If there's enough popularity for that, there will always be intrigue in the majors. We know that. But what does it mean for the PGA Tour? And will there be enough interest in any of the PGA Tour's events outside of majors? And also, the Live Golf Invitational. If you're splitting the field, maybe not in half, but significantly and poaching talent from a league that's already trying to figure out what it footprint, what its footprint looks like, what its sport looks like when Tiger Woods is no longer a serious competitor. The door on Baker Mayfield for the Panthers. Feels like you're setting me up for this. It's still open, but slightly. I don't know, and this is something I wanted to get to the bottom of with Darren Gant, who joined us earlier. I don't know if we're in the Brock Osweiler stage yet, but I think we're starting to get to the point with his value that you're going to have to attach something to Baker Mayfield for a team to take him off your hands if you don't want to pay the rest of the guaranteed money that he's due. I think that's where we're headed. I certainly wouldn't give up anything to bring him in. You already have given up stuff in order to get Sam Darnold and also traded up to take Matt Corral. So if it requires you to give up something, absolutely not. But if it is a situation where they're having to attach things just for you to take them, then I think it's something you'd look at because he is a clear upgrade over Sam Darnold and that alone should be enough reason for the Panthers to at least consider it. The Avalanche sweeping the Oilers. Mm. 
Avs Lightning will be awesome. Notice I don't say Avs Rangers. Avs Lightning will be awesome. I don't think Tampa's going to lose two in a row, with one of those being at home. And I think that's what we're going to get. I think that's going to be an intriguing Stanley Cup. I like that there's going to be some lead up the way that the NBA does it. So they're not going to start until a week from tomorrow, that series, even if Tampa Bay finishes things off tomorrow night. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited for the Stanley Cup final, especially if that's the matchup. Hmm. Jason Tatum and strength in numbers. I'll be a little broader. Boston has a clear mismatch. That's what you take away from the first three games. You got game four later on tonight. Boston has a clear mismatch. It really came out the other night with them being at home. That's when you saw a healthier Robert Williams than we've seen in the last month, and that's a problem for the Warriors. But they got four guys who are taller than 6'7". Golden State has one, and it's Kevon Looney. Oh, it's going to be a problem. 52 to 26 in paint points. That's a real issue. I've been on Boston the entire way here. I haven't wavered, and I feel really good after watching game three. They're the better team. Boston has a clear advantage. And last one, you not packing your bag today for Greenville. It isn't time to celebrate. It's not. No. I, I get they won today. I'm really happy about that. But they have one more to get. And you're telling me in baseball you can't lose two in a row? And you can't lose to the University of Texas of all teams? I'm not comfortable by any means. Sounds like you or don't satisfied. have faith in your Pirates, Josh. I don't. I absolutely don't. Are you <laughs> kidding me? You just saw that. I have no faith. Zero. None? I've, Zero. They've never gone, Will. You, After you haven't. You haven't. See, this is such a Tar Heel fan no, viewpoint don't blame online. The Tar Heels no, no, for no. This. Don't I will. I will. Will you root for the Tar Heels, where everything good happens, even when, even when you guys have a scandal? Oh, guys, just stick around longer who aren't top-rated recruits, and you have the 2016 and 17 runs. Oh yeah, when things go poorly and you have bad seasons, now these guys are making Final Four runs. You have a coaching change, and you go to a Final Four in your first year. You go into six College World Series, make it seven since 2006. ECU, good. We don't have good things. We don't get good things. This is unbelievable what we're watching. So no, I don't feel great about it at all. And I'm telling you, there aren't many fan base. It's Duke and Carolina fans that can have that viewpoint of saying, well, you don't have faith in your team. Well, you don't know what it's like to walk through my shoes. Well, I'll say this after watching how they put it on Texas there for yeah. a little while. I'd have some zero. I would love for them to save some of those. Could you have saved some of those runs for tomorrow? Like three of them? Four? Could huh? you save four of those runs for tomorrow? I would like that. Maybe they've got some more in the tank. Maybe they got plenty more also, in the they tank. Don't want, also, they don't have starting pitching. That's yeah, a that, 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 that is a problem. That is a problem. And do you know who has starting pitching? Texas. Texas. They got bats. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not feeling... We just saw this six years ago. We saw this. They were up one nothing. Against a Texas school that was not the University of Texas, it's been the 37 College World Series. No, I don't want faith. No, I'm scared. 
I'm like Rocky. I'm going to make a reference that you don't understand. I'm like Rocky in Rocky 3 or 4. I'm scared. I'm scared. Is that what you want to hear? I'm scared. <laughs> Give me a dance break. You ain't first. You're last. Do you know that line? I'm afraid, all right? You want to hear me say it? I don't know. You want to break me down? I, all right, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I, I, I don't know that. It's Rocky Three. It's Rocky Three. I see. Uh-huh. Wake up with Jeffrey Griffin and Triad today. Triad Today with Jeffrey Griffin, weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk Sports for the Triad, WSJS. Are you close to retirement? Do you have a lifetime income plan? I'm David Mater. And I'm Elizabeth Swanson. Our planning process helps answer critical retirement questions like how much can I safely spend? How much investment risk can I take? Are my savings invested in the right places? Can they provide enough income to last a lifetime? And if something happens, do I have a plan for care or to leave a legacy? Let's create your retirement income plan today. Learn more at MaynardWealth.com. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors. Yes, the Taste of the Triad is still open for your convenience, delivery, curbside, and pickup. You can get the same favorite delicious meals, meatloaf, neck bones, chicken, fried or baked, pork chops, fried fish, whiting, croaker, and catfish, macaroni and cheese, greens, cabbage, yams, pintos, your favorite desserts, and so much more. You can also order a family meal. And remember, Taste of the Triad where you can have Sunday dinner any day of the week is still open. Call right now to place your orders. Delivery, curbside, or pickup. 336-448-5932. That's 336-448-5932. Places, everyone. Come on, places, please. We're ready. Get your morning off to a great start with Jeffrey Griffin on Triad Today. Weekday mornings at 7. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. Will Dalton, I know what your next movie's going to be to watch. Yeah? At the movies, next week will be Wedding Crashers. What I was thinking. Wedding Crashers and Bridesmaids were the final two choices when talking about memorable wedding movies. And 79% of the audience, a couple hundred voting on it, said Wedding Crashers will be the choice. You make me a bicycle clown! Please forgive me, because it should not surprise me any of these that I find out about Will now. But Will, you have not seen Wedding Crashers. I have not seen Wedding Crashers. (laughs) Tell them the first. <laughs> tell Darren. Tell Darren the first two movies you think of when you hear Ben Affleck's name. Pearl Harbor and Batman. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I thought it was a meme. I thought he was you, here just you, screwing with me. I thought he was messing with me. And by the way, you really are a project. Are are you qualified he, to he, run this movie game? I, I asked him. I asked this. him. I asked him if he knew any of the movies that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck did together. And he did not know they did any movies together. Stop. <laughs> like, doesn't even know what Goodwill Hunting is. No. By the way, this isn't just a show bit either. Like in my regular life, out and about with other people, mm-hmm. they'll ask me, like, have you seen this? Like, no. So, really? So like, when I'm picking these movies, I'm trying to find movies <laughs> that are popular in the culture <laughs> even today, so that when I make references on the show, you Darren, you as a producer understand how important it is. For the host to look over on the other side of the glass and have the person looking back at you understand what you're saying and it making sense because that is the only person you have. It's not the person in their car who all have seen Goodwill Hunting and know Matt Damon and Ben Affleck work together. They know that, but I see Will's blank stare looking back at me sounding like I, I just said something that makes no sense. It's because it didn't to him, but it's it does to everyone else who's so normal and sees movies. That's yeah. the purpose of this the segment <laughs> and trying to find movies so that way, whatever, if I say crab cakes and football, that's what Marilyn does, Will will understand where that's from. And that's what we're going to do with Wedding Crashers next week. <laughs> I, and also, it just so happens to be the week that I'm getting married. So Will Dalton has a wedding-themed edition of the movie game that we're bringing back right now, and then afterwards like we'll it. talk college baseball. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. It's time for some kind of movie game. All right, all right, all right. With Josh Graham and Darren Vaught. Show me the money. Okay, if you don't know about the movie game, I'll explain the rules very quickly. There's a website called Rotten Tomatoes that aggregate scores from the audience and critics, zero to 100, the quality of a movie. 100 being great, zero being, say, like a movie starring Pauly Shore. That's that's the basis of what we're trying to do here. Will's going to bring up some movies. It's fun for you to play in your car. You can play along with us. Uh, we have to try and guess the Rotten Tomatoes score for a handful of movies. However many points we're off by is our score golf rules whoever has the lowest score after three movies wins unless we're within 10 points of each other in that case we'll get a fourth and final golden movie to decide it if we get one on the nose it subtracts 10 points you ready to go you ready to knock off the dust darren Vaughn? yeah is will ready that's again i'm yeah this is I'm my first time hosting this by the way <laughs> i'm yeah. trying to make it as easy as possible hence is why i'm explaining the rules to the game rather than the Post explaining it. What is the first movie you have? My big fat Greek wedding. Wow. It's the first no rom com I ever this. saw. Oh. Yeah. I should ask, how many of the movies on this list have you seen? That one. Okay. <laughs> did you like my big I did. fat Greek ro- Greek wedding? I did enjoy that. I remember my mom was really excited about this movie. Like, I want to show you this movie. And it was my big fat Greek wedding. It's good. It makes you feel good. I think it gets the job done. Yeah, yeah it's fine. It's, okay. It's a fine movie. Yeah. Got a score ready, Darren? I do. I have 72 written Stop. down. Stop. 
It's exactly what I've got written down. Okay, we both have 72. What is the actual score for my big fat Greek wedding? 70. Look at us. Look at you. (laughs) Look at us. Anyone? Who would have thought we'd both be here? Not me. (laughs) Not Uh, me. Not me. Okay, we're both two off. The second movie is... The Proposal. Mmm. I'm going to ask Will a question. That I probably won't I'm scared when I ask Will a question. <laughs> when you think of Sandra Bullock, oh. what movie comes to mind other than this one? The Blind Side. Duh. That's, okay, that's pretty good. And that's yeah, probably that's... the only one. Uh, for me, box. Darren, I'd be interested to know what it is for you because I imagine most people would either go Speed or... Miss Congeniality. Yes, Miss Congeniality, it's I think, is the right answer. Miss Congeniality. That's a great one. That'll probably be episode 160 of At the Movies. <laughs> we'll get to. Uh, yeah, what's the perfect date? I'd say probably May 25th. Okay. A score for not Miss Congeniality, but the proposal. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, what a dreamy guy. Ryan Reynolds. I enjoy Reynolds. this one. I, this it it sort of for me in my mind gets lumped with a lot of other rom coms from that that era, but I this one sort of stands out. Whenever I I see it or see a reference to it, I'm like, you know what, that one was good. Yeah. Okay. So what do you got as a score for it? You have it written down? Yeah. I have 77. I got 69. It's 45. Ooh. Ooh. I made up seven points so, off Darren Vot. What is the score going into what could be the last so, so, movie? So, so, so I got to get this down. Josh, yours was what again? Oh, I had 69 written down. Uh, Darren. 76. 76. Yeah. So I know I'm up by seven, but the aggregate score is what I need to focus on here. We'll get the updated score on that in a second. Final one. But what? I, I, I think do, I'm at do, 33. You're at 31. Okay. okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm I'm more than two points ahead of you. Oh no, hold on. No, no, no. I had 69. You're so, 24. Okay. I'm at 24 plus two, 26. You had 33. So I'm up seven on you going into the last one here. Final, final movie. Final movie. Wedding planner. Ooh, have you seen this one, Darren? Yes, it's been a bit. McConaughey, J Lo. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say J Lo. Okay, this, this, so it's coming back now. This, this was well received, right? This was because this is the one where he's the doctor and helps her at the beginning, or he's like a pediatrician. Yeah, this is McConaughey. There are a lot of people that just know McConaughey nowadays as being like. A guy who could be in all these dramatic roles and such. Back then, he was shoehorned as the rom-com, the rom-com uh, heartthrob. That was him. Yeah. Like he, he was in Failure to Launch. He was in How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. He, he had that wedding planner. Like five or six consecutive movies with Kate Hudson. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he had a thing for Kate Hudson. I, my favorite McConaughey rom-coms probably. Ghost of Girlfriends Past. That one's pretty good. You ever see that one with Jennifer Garner? No, I don't think I have. Oh, I'll have to check. Great out. stuff. I, I like how to lose stuff. a guy in ten days. It's pretty good. Okay, wedding planner. 
What are you putting down for that, Darren? I've got seven. I got seventy-four. So we're just guessing too close. To but it, it, if it's over seventy-four, then I think that'll do the trick. That'll yeah. do the trick because I'll be more than four up on you. What is Even the score I- for Wedding Planner? Seventeen. Oh! Whoa! So Darren Vaught made up four points. That means we got a golden movie, and I am only up by three points here, Darren. We're no. both doing pretty terrible. Yeah. Is, yeah, what that, is the aggregate score? I, I'm still behind trying to keep up with all this. Were you not a math major? Not even a little bit. <laughs> Math of the right, radio. Mine was 2 plus 31 plus 53, so we've got 84, 86 for me. <laughs> All right. 86, and I had 20, I had 24, 26 plus, uh, holy bleep, 17 was the score for Seven, that. Oh, I was stunned. Uh, well, I mean... I, I didn't think it was that good of a movie. Well, the audience score was like that's what I'm saying. 60%. Yeah, well, there you go. But, uh, you know. So 74 minus 17 is 57. Okay, so I have 70... Oh, no, 83 is my score. And you have 87, Darren? I'm 86. Oh, 86. So 83 to 86 golden movie here is what bridesmaids oh another one that will hasn't seen yet but it's it's in the hopper though it is it's in the hopper okay all right i've been high on on these just because i thought that they were going to be received better than they have been this i think is goes down as the the best movie of of these four i've got a score written down go ahead okay I've got a score written down, too. All right, all right. I'm going 87. This could get spicy. I've got 84. It could get spicy. I don't know what happens in a tie. What happens? I don't think... Well, if someone got it on the nose, then obviously sure. they would win this game. But here we go. What is the score for Bridesmaids? It is 90. Yeah! So I take out Darren Bott. And thus, that is the movie game. I don't need a moment of zen or anything like that because <laughs> I've got baseball in front of me here. Oklahoma's up by a run over Virginia Tech. I want to talk about the rest of the Super Regionals while I've got you here. We got It's a Rhinestone Cowboy Friday. We'll play that. We'll play that. We'll sing that in about 10 minutes or so. They are underway. Like I said, fever dream in Greenville. Perfect weather, perfect atmosphere, fun game. You beat the University of Texas. You're one way, one win away from Omaha. But some of these other ACC series, is there, is, you would think 8v9 ECU Texas, that would be the best matchup of Super Regionals, but I just can't get my eyes off of Notre Dame and Tennessee at the top of the hour, 6 o'clock. That just looks like, I don't think it could get better than that in Knoxville. I... Don't sleep on smaller school against state rival Ole with Miss. Southern Miss Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a team that's got a lot of, of deep postseason experience. Tim Elko, people might remember from last year, hitting those home runs with a torn ACL. He had surgery, came back. He's, he's 
more than that, he's got a new single season home run record for Ole Miss. Um, they're a really good team, but Southern Miss hosting in Hattiesburg is fired up. And obviously you can imagine something like a, I mean, you know, Campbell hosting UNC for us here in North Carolina. It would be something along those lines for a super regional. So they're fired up. It's a, it's a couple of pretty good teams that match up pretty well. Uh, other than ECU, Texas, that's the one I've got circled. Man, it's going to be fun. I, how many ACC teams do you think we're talking about in Omaha after the weekend? Whew. All right, so we got Notre Dame. You're going to pick Tennessee. Yeah, Louisville's at A&M, Carolina. Uh So potentially four. Yeah. Virginia Tech has two outs here in the eighth. They're batting down a run. I like Virginia Tech over Oklahoma. Okay. I like UNC over Arkansas. I like Carolina, too. I think Tennessee and A&M get the best of Notre Dame and Louisville. So I think we get two, but I think it's North Carolina and Virginia Tech. I think it's just going to be Carolina. That's what I think. I like Oklahoma. I watched a little bit of them this past weekend. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. A lot of really good Big 12 teams. The Stillwater Regional was drunk. Yeah. Man, that thing was stupid. It really like, was. Awesome. awesome. Uh, how how many runs do you need to score to feel safe? The college baseball, like you're playing a Big Twelve school. If you're ECU, you need ten runs to feel good. Any any time that there's a position player pitching in college baseball, it's going to be by design. It's going to be because he's both a pitcher and a position player. Like you're not going to see that in these these games because of blowouts like no no lead is safe no team expects it to be you're from virginia not far from blacksburg how strange is this the fact that they're hosting a super regional because it doesn't look like the fans (laughs) sitting behind home plate know what to do like they're all waving their arms as if they're they're free throws being attempted here and on top of that like you look over the pitcher's shoulder you have that camera shot of the pitcher looking sideways it looks like there's like like something cooking down the first base line, like somebody's <laughs> grilling right there. So I, so get this. I used to go to English field. Like that's, that's where I used to see division one college baseball games. And in fact, I used to go to see teams, not Virginia tech. Like, you know, every season I would attach to a team in the ACC that wasn't the Hokies because I would, I liked good teams. Right. So there's that team in like the 2009-ish, no, not 2009. It would have been a few years prior to that. 06, probably, uh, from Wake Forest. I loved them. A guy named Matt Antonelli was a third-team All-American, their third baseman. They had Ryder Mathias was their DH, the coolest name in the history of college baseball. Uh, Mike McDougal, who had a long career in the big leagues with the Royals and others as a closer, they were all on that team. So I went and watched it. I would watch, you know, every year, like a series at English Field just to see another team, not the Hokies. And those those games were were not well attended. It is it's bizarre. It would be interesting to me to go back and and see it in this environment, right in this stage of Virginia Tech baseball hosting a super regional, a top five team in the country. Uh, That would have been unheard of. Darren Vaught. Enjoy this weekend, man. I 
am still very conflicted. Don't know what's going to happen over the next 24 hours with my whereabouts, but you have fun, and I'm sure we'll be in touch. We will. We will. I'll see you guys.